Welcome to the Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 2, Until All Are One. Uh, I am your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. Welcome, everyone, back. Uh, we're, we are at Episode 2. I know we've actually done, this is actually, what, our sixth episode? Yeah, uh, we, don't, we don't count well. Yeah, we're not good with math, which is great that we work in finance for that. So. I know. But uh, this is actually probably a long-awaited episode. We are actually going to do an all-Transformers episode, which is yeah, pretty sweet. So, And for those of you that are familiar with Transformers, you'll know that the words uh, until all are one are very iconic in the Transformers universe. Exactly, so, exactly. I don't really know what that even still means as far as until all are one, like until they all die, I guess. I have no idea. No, until the, uh, the Autobots and Decepticons are just one. Oh, race Okay. You know more than me, then. I just like the Transformers. I I like the Transformers. <laughs> Not saying you don't. I just never knew what they meant by that. It sounded very, like, heavenly or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll go with that, then. And uh, we actually opened this episode with a little bit different intro than what you'll normally hear, which is The Touch. Yeah. So Instead of our regular theme song. Great. Yeah, exactly. So it was a great, iconic 80s song. And anyone that's a Transformers fan should know that song. They if used you've it. seen the movie. Yeah, they showed it in the movie. They also used it again in, later on in the series when they brought Optimus back, which right. I, of course, was very happy about. So, so with this uh, this episode, we will respond to some uh, listener question, some listener comments. Uh, we'll go into Chuck's actually going to do a little quick summary on the All Hail Megatron series, and then we're going to go into the ongoing series that are out right now. We are also going to do a top ten list of our favorite Transformers. Yeah, and if you've been following us on the forums and on Facebook, then you knew this was coming. Yeah, it, it's been it's been asked of, so and yeah, been and we, stated. So right, and we actually put a little thread together that said we're actually going to do this. And if you follow us on Facebook, you, you'll know exactly what's coming up next. And I believe you scanned the issues, and yeah. we're going to be reviewing. So yeah, last night I actually scanned the issues and put them on Facebook. So if you're a fan of ours on Facebook. You knew ahead of time before you even heard this episode which issues we were going to be covering, what we were going to be talking about. So uh, we already have, I believe, fifteen fans, and maybe in a future episode we'll actually list who they are. But so get on that list if you want your name mentioned on the show. I don't know exactly. So, Free pub. Before we get into uh, into some of the things that we're going to be covering today, we are going to actually just announce a few changes to the format of the show. We start talking about diff- the names of different segments and everything new else. New co-host? Yeah, a new co-host. I'm getting rid of Chuck. Oh, no. Uh, after he gave me so much crap about R2-D2. I've been replaced. That uh, I said, you know, I just can't I can't live with this anymore. No. Uh, we're going to keep Chuck around. But <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it, it's good to have a opposing viewpoint. So, yeah, Chuck gave me a lot of shit about my list of Star Wars characters. I was just surprised that... You can be surprised. I was just surprised. You still gave me a lot of shit for it. I did. And I kind of held back on a, a lot of that. But we were running out of time. So yeah, I know so, you did. Yeah. I know you did. So I heard I, about it at work. I yeah, you, you did. Um, so anyways, we are going to change the name of a couple of the segments. Or not the names, but what they actually mean. Nothing major, but this is kind of how we're going to go uh, going forward. And they make a lot more sense. So when we're responding to listener questions, we're going to actually call that Jedi Holocron now. Right. The reason why is because on the forums, the thread to ask us questions is called Ask the Holocron, so it only makes sense that we would right. call it Jedi Holocron. Battle Files is not going away. Battle Files will actually now replace what Jedi Holocron was, and Battle Files will be where we do our top lists, our top five, top ten type lists. Yeah, files, lists, kind of went together. Yeah, and or when we do uh, a little cover coverage on a particular character. And that makes sense, too, because 
Files goes with character a character sure. review. And Battle tends to be what happens when Chuck and I make our lists. So, exactly. So that made, made a lot more sense. And then Hyperspace Review, which I know I mentioned at the very first episode, saying that that's when we're going to talk about our favorite DC and Marvel books. We realize we have way too much material to cover. Yeah. We're never going to get to the yeah, DC and Marvel stuff. This is the first time stuff. we're going to touch on Transformers, and we still have yet to touch on Masters of the Universe. Or so, Thundercats. Or Thundercats. Or Voltron, or Voltron and yeah. anything of that. So... So we're going to actually change uh, Hyperspace Reviews still going to be around, but Hyperspace Reviews is going to be basically when we do our retro reviews. Exactly. So our coverages of, of past issues and everything. So I, since I do a lot of reading of Marvel and DC, at the beginning of each episode, if I feel the need to, I might mention a couple books that I'm reading that I think are really good, and Chuck's been reading a little bit more of Marvel and DC lately, so he might mention a couple, but they're going to be real quick in passing, just saying, hey, I really like this book, this, you know, pick it up, whatever. Pretty much going to stick to the 80s. Yeah, we're going to stick with the 80s franchises and Star Wars, so... Exactly. um, That'll never go away. Yeah, so we're going to be those kind of, I guess, in a way, independent guys, uh, if you view Dark Horse and IDW as independent companies, so I know they're kind of big, but... Yeah, they're kind of big. Yeah, but still kind of independent from the big two, so... With that being said, those are the changes that we're going to be looking at, and we'll keep consistent with those from now on. So since we're only really in episode two, yeah, really, uh, we can stick with those changes, even though it's really episode six. Sam's the math, yeah. Five, I don't know. Somewhere around there. So anyways, we're going to go ahead and get into our first segment then, which is your guys' feedback and questions, which is the uh, Jedi Holocron. Jedi Holocron. Okay, so uh, we actually did have some questions and some responses, Chuck. Uh, one of the, a couple of the responses first I wanted to get into is we did have another person give us a review on uh, iTunes, which okay, is great. Okay. If you guys could go on iTunes and give us a review, we really appreciate it, whether you like us or don't like us. So far, yeah. so far we're all five stars. Nice. So uh, we've only had four reviews, though. So. That's, that's good. Uh, the latest review was from somebody going by Tater X which I love that. Nice. That's great. And his subject was good times. He said, these two dudes get together and geek out. They play off each other's points, and it's fun to listen to the conversation. I hope they do a show for a long time. And as oh, we, thanks. Yeah, as we talked in the past, we, def- love the tater. we definitely have a lot of material, so we are going to be around for a long time, right. barring any... You know, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Chuck kills me. I don't know. Yeah, or so. vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much, Tater X. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll see you on the forums if you're not already on there already. Yeah, or Facebook, or you know, yeah, give us a shout. Yeah, we have a lot of lurkers on the forums still. If you've been watching at all, you've probably seen a lot of conversations going on. Chuck and I are in there a lot, more than we should probably. And we <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of fun too. Yeah. The one yeah, we're, we're on there, if not every day, every other day. Yeah, and you can actually, if you saw recently, there was a whole th- couple of threads going the one night where it was Chuck, myself, and one of our forum members, Ambush Bug. Right. Uh, just going back and forth constantly, and it was a lot of fun. We were yeah. constantly ripping on each other. It was nice. It was a good time. So, speaking of Ambush Bug, he did have a question for us, but before we get into that, uh, one more comment that I wanted to say as far as just a review uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, is that the Geek Savants actually gave us a little plug on their 150th episode, which is oh, a, yeah. that's a big episode. Exactly, yeah. And they talked about us for a good maybe five minutes or so. Yeah, thanks. Uh, talking about how they like the show, that uh, Grant said he likes us because we're a little dirty, with our language and everything oh, else. Oh, Yeah, we don't hold back. Yeah, We're dirty. Not, not dirty in that sense, Chuck. 
Yeah, so we really appreciate the plug there, guys. We go, we're glad you like the show. We hope you're still listening to it. Yeah. Getting your, your fill of this type of generation, I guess. So that's uh, that was just great. I was ecstatic when I heard them actually talking about us. So really appreciate that, guys. Let's go into the que- the one question we had. Yeah. Uh, no one really emailed us any questions, but we did have Ambush Bug go on the forums and ask us a question. Any of, if you have any questions for us, there's a thread on the forum. It's called Jedi Holocron. Ask or Ask the Holocron. Right. Thank you, Chuck. Sure. Um, it's called Ask the Holocron. And you can go on there, ask us any questions you want. It doesn't have to be about what we're even covering yeah, on the show. It can be off topic or on topic, yeah, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. We'll answer them on the show. So, And each time we answer something, I'll go on to the forum and update saying, hey, we answered every question above this or something along those lines. So Ambush Bug's question was, who were your favorite voice actors from the G.I. Joe, Transformers, and maybe Thundercats cartoons? There was a lot of crossovers between shows in terms of actors, so I'm uh, curious who your faves were. He said his were Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Of course. Of course. He says you just can't beat <clears throat> Prime and Megatron. So uh, they're they're iconic, as he phrased it. And you've exactly. heard me mention that word many times. So Iconic. Iconic. So, uh, Chuck, why don't you, since I've been talking forever already, why don't yeah, you go ahead um, and uh, go into who some of your favorite voice actors yeah, are. I did a little research on that because I also like you know Peter Cullen and Frank Welker from the Transformers. If you're not familiar with it, Peter Cullen actually did Prime, Optimus Prime. And he also did Ironhide, okay. which is another voice I, I, I liked on this show. And shirt. one of my favorites, too. So um, Frank Welker actually did Megatron. He did Skywarp, Soundwave, and he did all the cassettes for Soundwave. All the voices for those guys, too. Uh, Laserbeak, Rumble, Ravage, Buzzsaw, Frenzy, and Ratbat. So he's also the voices of all those, which I thought was pretty neat. Uh, a couple other voices for Transformers I like. One would be Starscream, because I'm just such a fan of Starscream. I like the fact that he wants to take over and be number one. Yeah. Uh, Chris Latta, uh, L-A-T-T-A, forgive me if I mispronounced that. Uh, he's also the voice of Reflector and Wheeljack, surprisingly enough. Yeah. And another voice he really did was really popular was on G.I. Joe. He did Cobra Commander. Right. Which, which, is, which if you've heard the two voices, you can pretty much... They sound really similar, yeah. yeah. I didn't know about Wheeljack and uh, Reflector, because he didn't... It's a little bit different sound right, voice. Right, right. A couple other Transformer voices I liked and I thought were really amazing from this guy was um, actually Cliff Jumper and Blue Streak. And they were voiced by Casey Kasem. Nice. Uh, who is actually the original voice of Shaggy, Shaggy. and Scooby-Doo. And, and the American and, uh, Top Rob, 40. Yeah, American Top 40. He was also Robin, Robin of the Super, Super Friends. Super Friends, yeah. Right. So. And he also did many voices for Sesame Street. Oh, okay. So Did not know that. Yeah. You know any of the characters he did? They just... I Sesame looked it up Street. and said many voices okay. on Sesame Street. Gotcha. Yeah. A couple other voices from other franchises I like. Like I said, um, this, this guy's uh, voice is pretty unique. His name is Gary Chalk. Uh, C-H-A-L-K, Chalk. He did the voice on G.I. Joe for Pathfinder, Metalhead, Sci-Fi, and Road Pig. He also voiced He-Man on the New Adventures, Okay, if you've ever seen that. And he also did the voice of Optimus Prime after uh, Peter, Peter Cullen. Cullen. Yeah, so he did the voice of Optimus Prime. I wonder when that forward. happened. Uh, I was, mean... I'm yeah, a, it was yeah. after the original okay. cartoons, when oh, they brought okay. them all back. When they brought them back, yeah. and they weren't as good. And... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the cartoons weren't as good, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't. And he also, uh, another sidebar on, on Gary Chalk here, he also did the voice of Man at Arms in the 2000X series of He-Man. Oh, okay. So he's a very skilled yeah. you know, voice actor. I like they did Road Pig. Yeah. That's great. Great yeah. name. So I liked him. A couple other Masters of the Universe voices. For looking at the original He-Man, it was John Irwin. 
which was great. He did the original He-Man filmation voice character. And Cam Clark actually did the 2000 X He-Man. Another great actor. Uh, I like Skeletor's voice. Yeah. Alan Openmeyer. I, I mispronounced that. I'm sorry. Uh, was actually the filmation Skeletor's voice. And he also did Man-at-Arms in filmation. Oh, okay. So it was Skeletor and Man-at-Arms, which was two separate wow. voices. You wouldn't think to put those together I'm kind of curious. the same if, guy. Yeah, I was, I'm, I was just thinking, like... If there was ever a time that Man at Arms and Skeletor were both in the same scene, you had to switch between, them, switch yeah. between the two, right? And Skeletor for the 2000 X series was voiced by Brian Dobson. Okay, so I, really cool. Some of, some of the names there. Some of the uh, voices uh, for myself, obviously, I love Optimus Prime. So you know, Cullen definitely is huge. I, Megatron's voice, I love. Love it. Uh, Starscream, I could do without. Whiny little bitch that he is. Wow. Yeah, he is. And uh, he just wants to take over. He wants to rule. <laughs> yeah, but he does it in the wrong way. I like it. Anyways, so we'll get into that later. I love Ironhide, so that was kind of cool to hear the same voice actor doing Ironhide as well. A couple other ones that Chuck didn't mention that were kind of on my list of 80s cartoon voices and everything else. One was uh, Jazz. Okay. I love Jazz. And that was actually by a actor named Scatman Crothers, whose probably biggest claim to fame is he was the old black bald guy that was like the wise guy, like he was a very wise sage type guy in the movie The Shining with okay. Jack Nicholson. He was right. the one that kind of told the little boy like all about the hotel and everything yeah. else. He was a very cool, cool guy. He's, he's appeared in a lot of things. He also did the voice of, which I thought was great, of Hong Kong Fooey. Right. The cartoon. Now that I think about it, jazz and Hong Kong Fooey do sound very similar. They have a very similar sounding voice. That was that was very cool. Uh, the other voice that I really loved from the 80s was Panthro from the Thunder, uh, Thundercats. Thundercats, right. Yeah. I was about to say the Lion Cats. The, the Lion th- Cats? Yeah, the Lion Cats. Lion O, Lion. The Thundercats. Right. And that was done by Earl Hyman. Where you might have seen him before is he was actually Cliff's father on the Cosby show. Yeah, he was the grandfather. Yeah, he was, yeah. The gran- he was the grandfather of all the kids. So that's uh, Earl Hyman. He actually did Panthro, which yeah. I thought was really cool. I didn't know that until we put this together. So a-, a couple other ones I had on my list here also were, if you've ever watched the original filmation Masters of the Universe, then you know who Lou Schreimer is. He's the executive producer. His name appears okay. when you when they come on, and right. it's all the big L, Lou Schreimer. He also voiced... Trapjaw, okay. Orko, and Stratos. Wow. Three very different characters. Exactly. Uh, and uh, speaking of genre, when he did He-Man, Prince Adam, obviously, with He-Man. And he also voiced Ram Man, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, very cool. Now, for the female voices on the show, uh, Linda Gary, G-A-R-Y. Okay. She did Tila. Okay. Evil Inn. Okay. And the Sorceress. I kinda, so almost all the females I kind of thought by maybe her. she did all three. Yeah. She voiced almost all, except for Queen Marlena, which was right. the other big female character. Sure. She pretty much did all the main female characters on that on that show. And the other other one I was going to mention here was, it's a 2000X okay. voice for He-Man, which was Stratos, because I love it. Everyone thinks it's Sean Connery, okay. which it sounds exactly, exactly like Sean like Connery. Yeah. His name is Scott McNeil. Okay. He's the voice who does Stratos in the 2000X. And he also does Ram Man in the 2000X, which, if you listen to Stratos, he sounds exactly like a Scottishman. Right. And then he pulls off a Ram Man voice. Yeah. Which is awesome. What's, so, a, what's a Ram Man voice? A Ram Man voice? Yeah. It's like a big, oafy kind of guy okay. who's, you know, maybe not so bright, kind of a dumb guy. 
So kind of like your voice. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're still bitter over that fucking list, aren't you? <laughs> wow. That came out of nowhere. I was setting you up for that one. Yeah, slam. I mean, I didn't know you were going to go with the, the big... spike in the volume. I didn't know you were going to go with the big, dumb oaf thing, but yeah, you know, it, just, it just worked really well for me. So No, you're not. I know. Uh, so anyways... Oh, fuck. So that's our list of voices. Uh, thanks for the question. Yeah, yeah really thanks cool. for the question. Hopefully we'll get more like that or more of anything, any other questions. So hopefully you approve of our list of voices. If you have, a, if anyone has some more that or they some like. some other favorite voices maybe we forgot. Maybe, uh, yeah. You like Lino or you like Snarf. Yeah, no. Maybe you like Snarf's voice. You don't like Snarf's voice. No one likes Snarf's voice. Uh, somebody out there does. Uh, okay. Snarf's mom. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> uh, snarf, Snarf. I don't even know if Snarf's mom likes Snarf's voice. <laughs> It's your mom. She's got to like it. No, she, does, she doesn't have to. She has to tell you that she does. That's the difference. Maybe secretly to her parents, parents have to not. Yeah. Parents have to tell you that they like everything about you. They don't have to actually believe it, though. So I get that. With that being said, uh, now that we're done with the questions, and that's really all the questions we had for this episode, we're going to go ahead and get into our Transformers issues here. Uh, like I said, Chuck's going to actually cover the summary of the All Hell Megatron, then we'll actually get into the ongoing issues. So with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead into our From Springfield to Tatooine segment. From Springfield to Tatooine. Okay, and looking at the All Hell Megatron series, I actually have some of the issues. I have issues... I believe 10 through 16. Right, yeah. Um, I have issues 11 through 16 and issue number 3. Okay. I'm trying to collect them, so. I was going to put the issues together. I was collecting my... I didn't think it would actually stop at 16, but it did. So when I found out it did, I went and bought the trades. So I bought trades 1 and 2, and there are two more trades coming out. Yep. And I think they're actually already out, so. Yeah, I've got to pick those up. Yeah. A little behind on that. If you're looking at the uh, first trade, volume 1, it actually contains issues 1 through 6. And just a brief you know, synopsis of what's going on with this. It starts out with the Decepticons have won. The Autobots were defeated. Uh, finally, it says succeeding in defeating the Autobots, the Decepticons set about ruling our planet with an iron fist. Their forces invade and control New York City, where long before they managed to cripple the United States. It's a war between the armed forces and the United States of America and a giant species of technologically advanced machines. A war that suddenly becomes incredibly one-sided. Meanwhile, battered and defeated, the Autobots are struggling to survive a forced exile on their dead homeworld of Cybertron. Uh, defeated due to a traitor among the ranks, who we find out is... Sunstreaker. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, the Autobots struggle to maintain and trust and, and to trust their unity. And nothing short of a miracle will save them from utter extinction. And again, it does contain volumes 1 through 6 in the first trade. Uh, looking at the second trade, it does contain 7 through 12. And a brief synopsis of this, it says, uh, The Autobots continue the hunt for the traitor uh, in their midst while standing in, on their homeworld of Cybertron. And tempers flare, and the secrets of the Autobots, uh, they find out who the traitor is. Right. Um, the secrets of the Autobots, uh, they are defeated and they are revealed. Like I said, they find out who the traitor is. But meanwhile on Earth... A uh, human uprising begins as Megatron attempts to fend off a coup by a fellow Decepticon. Okay. Which always... Always happens. Always happens. Yeah. And it's the bad, always... The bad, the bad guys can't get along. They, they, there's always a coup, and it's always Starscream. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's all out uh, war for Earth. Not everyone will survive. 
So we have some casualties. The showdown you've been waiting for as a battle so fierce that you'll be shocked who makes it out alive. Oh. And then, actually, once the trades stop, it does a little bit of a spotlight issues on certain figures. Right, and that's actually what trade three is exactly. of All Hail Megatron. It's a bunch of spotlight issues, which are actually really cool. Right. Um, you get a little in-depth issue story on each one. There's uh, Jazz, fo- Cliff Jumper. Yep, focuses on just one particular character and everything. So. Exactly. Yep. And also, in the trade work, there's alternate covers. It gives you all the covers. Which is very uh, cool. All the alternate cover versions, so you get all that. And you, there's some sketch work done in here. I love it when they put all the covers in the, tr- the trades. Exactly. Very rarely do you find a trade that doesn't have the covers, but occasionally it does happen, and I'm always like, eh, I, I would like, even if they put them all in the back like they did in, in this one, Right. it still is cool to see that cover art. So. Yeah, and then you get some concept sketches of like Cup and Hot Rod, Reflector, Frenzy. So it's really cool right. the way they show this. Yep. And it's in it's in both issues here with the alternate covers for yep. this and the the concept art. So it's really cool. And again, the next one takes you on the spotlights. And then the next one, uh, issue four, it kind of sets up the ongoing series. Volume four, trade four, trade whatever. Four, right. Yeah. It sets up the ongoing series, which we're going to get into now. Right. Just to let you guys know, if you're interested in kind of getting a brief synopsis, IDW has been running a whole lengthy Transformers storyline through several miniseries. And it's not until just now that they decide to do an ongoing series. So if you want to have a brief synopsis of what happened up to the point of All Hail Megatron or up to the point of the ongoing series, there's an issue out there. It's a one issue. It's called the Transformers Continuum, and it's the definitive chronology. And they just give you a synopsis of everything that's happened with a little bit of artwork in there from all those stories. But it also tells you every issue that went into this whole entire story arc. Just to give you a rundown... Chronologically speaking, it starts with Megatron Origin. It then goes into the story arc Infiltration. Then it goes into the story arc Stormbringer. Then Escalation. And then Devastation. And Devastation is where the Autobots finally lose, which leads up to everything for All Hell Megatron. It also shows there's a bunch of spotlight issues. And they actually give you... Which spotlight issues go where as far as chronologically? So and, this way, and how to read them? How to read them? Right. Yeah. So that's pretty great. And then, like I said, all of this entire issue leads right up to the ongoing Transformers series, where basically at the end of All Hell Megatron, the Autobots kind of won, but they kind of also lost yeah, the trust. They of, lost the trust of the human of race. the human race. And so. how much was that issue? If you don't uh, that? This issue was only three ninety nine. That's not bad for three ninety nine. You so. get the whole. You know, story on how to read them and put them together. And it's exactly. A, and, and you don't really need to go out and buy all the issues unless you want to. Yeah, it's a little uh, nice accompaniment to yeah. what's going on. I'm actually using it to help me find all the issues that I'm looking for because I want to get the entire collection. So. Exactly. And starting off with issue one of the IDW Transformers ongoing series, first of all, there's alternate covers again, which is great if you like a fan of that. But I just like pick the one I, I like the best. Uh, you, you see a starry sky when you open the first cover, and then the next page over... Is you're blasted. It's like an eye orgasm. Yeah, it's the just artwork this, in this book is phenomenal. It's this huge splash page of just this big battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons, and you have each Autobot squaring off against a Decepticon. Right. There's there's Prime and Megatron going at it. You got Soundwave, and it looks like Hot Rod Hot here. Hot Rod. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee looks like he's going against maybe Ravage is jumping out at him or yeah. something or Frenzy Frenzy at the bottom. Yeah. It, it's really super cool. The, the artwork is amazing. It should be turned into a poster. And one one comment, just going back to the All Hell Megatron, is 
If you were never a big fan of the character of Frenzy, which I never was, I thought he was a poor substitute of Rumble. Rumble, yeah. But if you read All Hail Megatron, you will become a huge fan of Frenzy. Yeah, he's, you were. You he, were. Yeah, he's a messed up character. Yeah, I was always a fan of him just because he was a little tape deck in Soundwave and yeah. I liked all those guys. But sure. now learning a little bit more about him. Why he's called Frenzy yeah, and everything. It's awesome. And we'll get into that at some point. We'll actually do a Maybe. full review you, yeah. of uh, All Hail Megatron at some point. But, but yeah, very cool. So... Go on. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, basically what's happening here is uh, we're looking that the Autobots and Decepticons, they're looking for Energon. And they have to keep themselves hidden because, again, the humans the don't humans trust them. The humans don't trust them, right. So they're staying in their car forms as much as possible. Right. And we have a Decepticon that's actually revealed who he is at, like, a power station because... he's looking for the Energon. He's looking for Energon. So that kind of tips off a elite squad... That's run by Major Spike Witwicky, which is a very familiar name yeah. to Transformers. You've seen the movie or the cartoons. cartoon yeah. or any of them, yep. But in this, he's actually military. Military, right. Which is very cool. And his dad's actually the one kind of in charge of the military in, in a sense. Right. So he, that's kind of why Spike is placed in this position. But it's also because he's the one that has the most experience dealing with, dealing with these guys, yeah. Transformers. So. The, the, the cops come, and one of the cop cars is actually Prowl. Yeah, and what they actually do is Spike's team is actually this... They've actually used a lot of the Transformers technology to build these robot suits to battle and take down any Transformer right. that's out there. Prowl actually sits back for a while, and he's watching, and he, he transforms. He goes, I can't sit back for this. And he transforms and tries to deal with it, and then he's shot in the back by one of the humans. Yeah, because he... And he's captured. He wasn't going to do anything. He's reporting back to base, uh, or he's reporting actually over to... Blue Streak, who's also another cop car, right. and he's basically telling him, like, you know, I know it's a Decepticon that they're taking down and everything, but I just really can't, I can't take, sit here and take this, I can't sit here and watch this happen. Uh, he says, I, I have to go in there and stop this, so he does transform, revealing who he is. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Streetwise. Streetwise. Streetwise that he was talking to, not Blue Streak. Uh, Streetwise that he was talking to, he gets taken down, and what they have is this blast actually nails the Transformer, and forces them to turn into, into their, their car mode. Their car mode or vehicle mode. Where they can't mode. transform, and they're easier to capture that right. way. Right, and they, they have no control over themselves right. as a, as a ve- once they're in that vehicle form. Yeah. And they're being watched all this time by the Transformers who are still hidden away. The Autobots. In their secret, the Autobots. Autobots. Yeah. Who are still hidden away in their base. And uh, Wheeljack does report this back to Optimus Prime, uh, letting them know that Prowl was actually right. captured. And Hot there's Rod, a little dissension between yeah, Hot Rod and Prime. Yeah, Hot Rod wants to go and rescue all the ones that were captured, and Prime's like, this isn't a good idea. We can't really reveal ourselves right now. We've got to stay hidden. Right. right, and then he finally agrees to let Hot Rod kind of do a scouting mission right. of where they are, and Hot Rod's super excited about this. Prime sends Ironhide with them to make sure that... Nothing gets out of hand, yeah, because Ironhide's probably his right-hand man. Yeah, and, and Hot Rod's kind of a hothead, which you would expect right. with that name. But So he sends, uh, he sends Ironhide to make sure that it just does remain a scouting mission, which, as you can imagine, isn't going to happen. Right. So. Yeah, and then you see him uh, you know, walking back, and you see Prime looking at the table. He's looking at an Autobot here, but you really don't know what exactly happened right. until you read the story here. And you find out that, uh, that they're, they all are... Uh, get in a big battle with right. the base that supposedly has their friends in it. Right, and if you notice on that that picture there with that drawing, they actually have the robot faces from the movie, which I yeah. know you're not a big fan of. I'm not of. a big fan of that, but I can live with it. Cause yeah, look, it's okay. The artwork is really, really good. The artwork good, so. is superb in this book. It's yeah. one of my favorites. And the following page, you see exactly what happened. That they, they find out the humans actually find them. 
and they were going to blast him, and Ironhide steps in. Yeah, Ironhide takes the the shot takes for for Hot Rod. Hot Rod was supposed to get blasted, and he actually gives jump, himself up, jumps in, and gets, yeah. his chest just gets blasted. And then you see that Ironhide is actually dead, right? Uh, and Prime feels you know bad about this. He feels and, responsible for his death, exactly. And Prime actually exits the room that Ironhide's in, and he says the words "Till all are one." Exactly. Which again, just classic line. So then Prime says that he's going to actually leave them, that he is going to go turn himself in. Exactly. And they're which, all like, "What the hell?" Yeah, they can't believe that their fearless leader, Optimus Prime, is leaving them. To just go and surrender. Because right. Prime doesn't want to see any more Autobots killed. Right. And he basically feels that he's become a bad leader. Right. Or at least that's what he tells that's him. That's what he tells him. He yeah. says that, you know, I've become a bad leader. You guys need to decide a leader amongst yourselves. I'm going to go turn myself in. And he rolls right up to the base, transforms in front of them, puts his hands up and says... And surrenders. Uh, and and surrenders. that's the end of the book. And yeah. that's the end of issue number one. So, wow. very good issue. I, I, I mean, definitely throws you right into the, the Right into the story, yeah. Yeah. Issue number two, we have, uh, you know, our friend here, Woodwicky here, and he takes off and gets ready to go to work. The next issue, next page here, we see Optimus Prime. He's captured, and the troops are there telling Woodwicky to get down here. You better get down here. We've got something for you. Yep. And we've actually got Optimus Prime. He surrendered. And we actually find out at uh, one point in this issue that Woodwicky has father issues, daddy issues, as yeah. is often the case in many good yeah. stories. Um, and it's basically because... He doesn't feel like he's getting the respect of his father. His father's not even willing to come down and talk to him or right. anything. So now that he's got Optimus, he's like, oh, well, my dad's going to come down and talk to yeah, me Yeah, because I've so. got Optimus Prime, the biggest you know, chess right. piece on the board here. And then we, we go back and we look in the Transformers, the Autobot secret lair, and we see Cliffjumper, Braun, Hot Rod, Bumblebee, and Ratchet. And they're all talking about, well, what are we going to do now that Optimus Prime has surrendered and abandoned us? Some Autobots want to stay, some want to leave, but they know they have yeah. to get a new leader. Yeah, some of them want to leave Planet, and Hot Rod's kind of leaving that, leading that group. Right. And there is really no elite, no leader for the other group, so that's why Hot Rod's actually starting to convince people to side with them. Speaking of the art, too, the on page four, there's Brawn and Hot Rod facing off against each yeah. other, and they actually make Brawn look really cool. Yeah, if you've ever read it, any of his bios... Braun is the second strongest Autobot to Optimus Prime. Yeah, and he's one of the smallest. One of the smallest. Yeah, he's a little Range Rover truck, yeah. something like that. Yeah, a little car like that, a little green Jeep. Yeah, and he. The thing is, like in the cartoon, I never was a huge fan because I thought he was kind of dopey looking and everything else. But this makes him look like a total badass. Yeah, I actually so. had the little figure. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, it was yeah. an awesome one. One of my favorites. And the other smaller ones. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the small Autobots. So. And then we, we get another you know pan scope and we see Jetfire, Hound, Sideswipe, Blur, and Trailbreaker. So more Autobots in the in the in the Autobot base here. Yep, and all pretty much all of them are going to leave with Hot Rod. Those are all the ones that are leaving with Hot Rod. And Bumblebee basically is standing there saying, you know, we can't really leave now. We need to stick together now more than yeah, ever. We've got to rescue Prime. We've got to do something here. Right. And then it pans back to. Uh, Wiki talking to his dad here, and he's like, you know, we've got Prime, you need to come down and talk to him. And then we see that the Autobots uh, now are talking about who should be leading. People are saying, well... Cliff Jumper says, I've nominated myself. Yeah, I will Cliff, be the leader. Yeah. Cliff Jumper says, hey, I want, to be, I want to be the leader. Then we see uh, Hot Rod talking to, another, to, talking to somebody, and he's saying, like, how we got to get off planet and everything else. And we find out he's actually talking to Omega Supreme, and Omega Supreme basically asks him, "Well, what did Prime say?" And right, and he says, he, "Well, obviously, he, even he being Omega Supreme, 
still take disorders from Optimus Prime. Right. And he says, well, Prime says that we should stay. And he says, well, then I must stay, too. I, I stay with Prime. Right. So... Yeah. And then we pan to some Decepticons. We're looking at Swindle and uh, Scrapper. Yeah. And they're actually watching this all take place, this conversation between exactly, Hot Rod and Omega yeah, Supreme and everything. They're scouts. And then the Decepticons come down and they... You know, come down. You think to attack Hot Rod, and they do get into a little scuffle and a little scrape here. And you know, die Autobots die. And like, what are you doing? Why are we fighting each other? Yeah, they actually find out. Like, actually, no, we we actually want to talk to you because you guys want to get off planet. We want to get off planet. So why do we have to? Why do we have to be fighting just because we're Autobots and Decepticons? Now, what does that even mean now? Right, exactly. You know, the, the war is over between us. What does it even mean? Right, the war is over. The humans don't want us here. We don't want to be here. So you guys don't want to be here. We should, you know, right. just get off of this planet and go back to Cybertron or somewhere else. So then we see uh, Witwicky's going to actually talk to Optimus Prime. So he takes the little device off of Optimus. So, so he Optimus can transform transform back into a robot. Right now he wants to talk, and here we we get to the page where the Autobots and Decepticons who were fighting a couple of moments ago. Are, are, are talking about yeah, exactly why are we fighting? Right. Because, well, if we're fighting them because they're Autobots. Right. Yeah, but what does that even mean now? So then, uh, then we go back to the Autobot hiding place, and again they're talking about who should be the leader. And we see Bumblebee and Wheeljack talking back and forth and bantering. Right. And they, Wheeljack, really, secret... yeah, Wheeljack thinks that Bumblebee should be the leader. He's the obvious choice, and right. of course, you know, Cliffjumper's like, well, no offense, Bumblebee, but you know, I don't really think you have leader qualities and. He says, well, none taken. He says, I don't really yeah. even want the job. So, and, But they, they put it to a vote, and actually Bumblebee won. Yeah. He was elected the leader of the Transformers, and the think, Autobots. Yeah, and when you think about Bumblebee's experience, it makes sense that he becomes a leader. He's got the most experience of knowing what's happened to them and what they've gone through, and he's been their scout for so long. Right. Like He knows tactical moves and everything. And so. he, I think it was because they viewed him as um, not a threat. Yeah. Then nope. maybe someone they can step over or yeah. you know, well, manipulate a little I, bit because I think he's what, the smallest? I think what it is is that they felt like because he's not a threat to anyone that more people will listen to him. Right. Because, well, he's not going to be, you know, we put somebody else in that role, then someone's going to be really pissed and they're, let's... It's a, it was the safest pick, I guess. Yeah, so to say. exactly. So. Uh, so then we see that... We uh, see uh, the next panel, there's a big giant aircraft that lands... Right. In the desert. Yep. And coming off of this giant aircraft, we have Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. And uh, he says, well, I'm actually here to do some reporting, so who's in charge? And Bumblebee's like, um, I, I, am. I guess I am. So, yeah. And that's where it leaves off on issue two. Then we go to issue three here, again with the uh, variant covers here. And uh, we, we open up here and we find Jetfire, and he's you know sitting down. He, he has a headache because obviously he's running low on Energon. Right. And he can't really transform to to take all of them to Cybertron. Hot Rod's wanting to see, hey, could is it possible? And he says, no, I, I really can't. I don't have enough energy to really do that. So, uh, but he doesn't want to hide in the caves anymore. Right. So. And there's there's like a little bit here that uh, he, Hot Rod actually gives him something to diffuse the restraining that the humans have. He gives him that, and, and they're still still talking back and forth. And then they actually pull up and they see some Autobots. Roll in, and a lot of Decepticons roll in. Right. And Jetfire, he doesn't understand. He goes, well, what's going on? Aren't these guys Decepticons? He goes, well, not anymore. There's no more sides, Hot Rod says. Yeah. And basically, what the device is something that Wheeljack could put together, and he wants Skyfire to reproduce it. And like Chuck said, it's something to keep the device that the humans made 
from forcing them to transform and from be captured. Them, yeah. And if you remember Jetfire, even though he's this huge transformer and everything else, he's also a scientist. So he's like, well, I'm just a scientist. And he goes, yeah, but that's why I'm coming to you. He says, I figure you can reverse engineer this and make a lot of them so that we could, so that this way we can uh, give them to some other friends. And Jetfire's yeah. like, who are these other friends? And, and they end up being Decepticons. They end up being yeah. the Decepticons, so... Right. He says we're not uh, they're, we're not on any side. There aren't any there sides. Are more anymore, sides anymore. So. We're just we're all robots against the humans. I guess exactly. So, and then we pan back to uh, Ultra Magnus here, and he's talking to a couple of the Autobots: Ratchet, Hound, Wheeljack, Bumblebee, Sideswipe, and Huffer. Actually, and he wants to know exactly what happened. He's here to do an investigation on the death of Ironhide and right. the defection of Optimus Prime. Right. And, you know, we see, uh, even though I don't think they name him here, they name almost all the Autobots, except they don't name Seaspray, who's actually in the background there also, on page five. So, very cool character. Again, they, they make these Transformers look very badass compared to even how they looked in the cartoon. So, Huffer even looks cool, and Huffer, yeah. Huffer wasn't really... A, Huffer wasn't really that cool, that but cool. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so he wants to go see the body. Uh, right. He, he's like, show me the body of Ironhead. Ironhead, so. right. And then it, it, after that, it pans back over to Optimus Prime talking to Woodwicky here. He, so uh, Optimus Prime, you know, he wants to know where all the bodies are buried. And he's, Optimus Prime's like, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. He's like, come on, you know what we're talking about here. Compadre, it's like the, the first time we met, you aren't in a position to object much right now. And Prime's like, oh, I surrendered. You know, that's I don't want to endanger any more lives here. Right. And he's like, well, you know, I've got to interrogate you. you got to help me out here. Yeah. you got to give me some kind of information. Yeah, basically, he obviously, he wants to know, where are the rest of your friends? Exactly. Where are the rest of the Transformers? So then we get back over to the whole uh, Ultra Magnus is actually looking at Ironhide and inspecting the body and asking Bumblebee, kind of questioning Bumblebee, what, you know, what happened? What caused all this? Where's the rest of everyone? And then he basically puts... He's trying to get a story out of Bumblebee to see exactly what happened, to collaborate and try to get other people's stories to see if he wasn't, you know, maybe killed by Friendly Fire, maybe he's thinking that, I don't know. And Bumblebee's like, you know, like I told you, he was killed at Skywatch Base uh, by the humans. Right. And he's like, well, you are the leader, right? And he's like, well, hell yeah, I am, so, yeah. you know, back off. So, he, you know, basically, he doesn't really find anything wrong with in the investigation. He says, you know... But he does tell him that uh, Hot Rod's gone and he actually did defect. Right, exactly. So, so uh, and, and Meg's like, you couldn't keep him here? He's like, well, he's, he's free to go. If he wanted to go, he's gone. Exactly. And then when they step out, Cliffjumper actually said, when they finally step out of the room, Cliffjumper comes up to Bumblebee and says, uh, we've got a problem. And we find out that a few more Transformers decide they're going to leave and catch up with Hot Rod. And that's uh, Hoist, Beachcomber, Blur, and Trax. Exactly. And it's nothing against Bumblebee being a leader or nothing, but they just feel like they don't belong. They need to get off the planet. They need to get off the planet, yeah. yeah. So then and Magnus we, is, I'm sorry, Magnus is like, you know, aren't you going to stop him? You're the leader. And he's like, yeah, he's going to go, then Ultra Magnus transforms, he goes, he's going to go talk to Hot Rod and see exactly what's going on with him. Right. So then we see that uh, Swindle starts talking to uh, Mirage and Red Alert. They just kind of have a little discussion there. He says, because Red Alert's like, you know, can you believe this? Swindle comes up, kind of gives him the little gun signal with his fingers yeah. there and he's like basically Mirage says you know I guess this is a whole new world that we're having to work together so yeah then we actually see the the four that left Beachcomber Hoist tracks and Blur they're trying to catch up and everything but all of a sudden they get ambushed yeah, and, uh, and by the humans so it looks like Blur actually 
bites it. Yeah, and blurs it's, their it's speedster. So. Blown away, yeah, because he's out in front here. Yep. And then, uh, I think Beachcomber, you know, Blur, are you okay? What, what's going on? And he's, like, laying in a pile of wreck. He's all in flames. Yep. He's, what was that, a mine that you ran over? No, it actually, there's a human that springs out, and he zaps him with, um... Zaps Beachcomber. Right. And makes him transform, and the next thing we know, Hoist is getting hit, and then we got Trax, uh, makes... Tries to make a run for it, but he ends up getting hit also. And, and then he tells him, you know, you can't fire on a human. He's a human. You can't fire on him. Right. Exactly. And then Blur actually takes he's off. The, he's the fastest. He's gone. He, like, steps up, and he's kind of like the Flash. He just takes off before they even get a chance to hit him. Right. So uh, then we come back to the base where we see Optimus is in, a like, an electrical cage, uh, laser-type cage. Spike comes up to him and says, uh, brought some... Uh, some Something you might be interested yeah, in. Got some of your buddies here. Got some of your buddies, so how about we talk now? And that's kind of where issue three le- leaves off there. Right. So that that's the Transformers ongoing. That kind of brings you up to speed. Yeah, on issues one through three. One through three. And we'll, and we'll keep up with the issues as they come out. Right. And kind of do uh, an actual review now that we'll have more time to actually do single issue reviews and kind of tell you what we think about them. But so far, a hell of a start and really setting yeah. up a great long-term storyline that could really go on. Yeah, it's one, so. of, one of my favorites out there right now. With that, now we're going to go into uh, the Bumblebee miniseries, and right now we only have issue number one. Uh, I know issue number two is out of that, and I also know that the first issue of Last Stand of the Wreckers is out. I'm waiting for those to come in. They should be in soon, but right now we'll cover just issue number one of Bumblebee. It's uh, four parts. It's a four-part story. Yeah. It's actually a very... Was it four parts or is it three parts? I think it's four. It's a four? Okay. Yeah. Um, I know Last Stand of the Records is only three, okay. I believe. So, but with Bumblebee, it was a surprisingly good read. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it too. I didn't think a, that Bumblebee could hold his own title, but it was actually pretty good. And this this story actually comes right out of All Hail Megatron because in one of the last issues of All Hail Megatron, there is a Bumblebee centric storyline that has the exact same artwork and everything. And yeah. this was uh, written by Xander Cannon, and the artist is Chi. C H E E. Chi. It's Chi. And it's uh, the hanging sword. And they, they start by, you know, clapping their hands. Uh, you know, our new leader, speech, speech, three cheers for Bumblebee, hooray. And he's a leader, and he's like, you know, first Optimus Prime surrenders, Hot Rod leaves and defects, uh, more Autobots are taken by the humans, I don't know what to do, I, I don't want to lead, I don't want this job, but I don't want to turn it down and offend everybody and offend my friends. And then he starts talking to, uh, to Wheeljack here, and Wheeljack said, you know, you, you got to do it, there's reasons that we were elected. Wheeljack and I guess and Ratchet are kind of at each other's throats here. Yeah, but then like Ratchet explains to Bumblebee that he really is the perfect choice, that he should just embrace the role, basically. Yeah, um, you're the leader now, and everyone needs to know it, and you need to act like the leader. That's what he tells him. Exactly. Then we come into uh, some pages here where we see Skywarp, yeah. uh, who's broken into a, a location there, and it's a like a logistics allodyne, which is actually something... Uh, I think it's been used several times, a company that's been used several times in Transformers in the past. He basically, you know, breaks into this place. He was looking for something, but didn't really find it. So then he just kind of warps out of there. He teleports out of there. So then we see uh, Wheeljack gets a communication from, I believe this was Spike's dad. Or no, no it's, it's not, not Spike's dad. It's not yeah. Spike's dad. It's another general who doesn't agree with what the humans are doing. And he knows that there's a difference between good Transformers and bad Transformers. Yeah, exactly. And he knows that the Autobots are good, and he wants to actually work with them. Right, and he's taking a big chance trying to do this and reach out to the Autobots, because if he 
they find out he's doing this, he could go to prison. Yeah, so he's asking, he, it's just basically a message that's going out there. Yeah, Autobots, please respond. If yeah, you can hear me respond. out there, let's, let's end this war. So, and then, so uh, Wheeljack's not sure if he should open up the channel to him or not, especially without talking to Bumblebee first. Right. But and, and then we find out uh, Bumblebee is actually in the, in the cave and he's talking with Omega Supreme, Omega Supreme here. Yeah. And he, Omega Supreme's like really cramped in the cave because he's so huge. He's like, I really need to get out of here. Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, look, man, it's really complicated. We we need to see and understand if there's an easy way to get out of here with the humans and everything. They just can't fee- see us. They can't, you know, find us. He goes, I'm sorry, you got to stay here and be all, you know, cramped up in the little cave because he's really huge. Exactly. So then uh, Wheeljack come. They come back in. Ratchet and Bumblebee come back in, and Wheeljack says. Uh, Actually, I need to let you know that there's somebody out there on the humans that's willing to work with us, and he's it's this colonel guy that wants to talk to us. Bumblebee's again not really sure about what to do. Yeah. So then we see uh, Skywarp again, and Skywarp goes to like a little you store it place. Yeah, where he's got a little arsenal going here, his little mini arsenal. And he refers to them as uh, the, his terrible riches. His terrible riches that yeah. the, he's collected. So. Uh, he Skywarp's getting ready for get, Armageddon. Skywarp's getting ready for some type of big battle. Yeah. So, and then they finally agree to meet the army, uh, and they, they they go out there and they're scouting around with uh, I believe it's Hound, yep. uh, Bumblebee, and uh, was it Ratchet? Ratchet, yeah. Yeah. So then they uh, Bumblebee agrees that doesn't look there's any danger, so he's going to head out there just himself. Right, him being the leader, he's going to take responsibility and go out there and meet these guys head on. Exactly. So then he goes and he he starts talking with this colonel and a couple people that he's brought with him. Yeah, and they're they're watching too the army and they're watching and they see something coming at him really fast. And he's like, "What is that? Is that like a cruise missile coming at us?" He goes, "No, sir, it's uh, it's Bumblebee." Right. He's like, all right, then uh, I'll do the talking. I'm trying to remember what the heck even happened here. Do you remember what they even were discussing about? I think they talked about making a strike force. That's what it was. Right, exactly. They're going to make a strike force of both the humans and the Autobots and kind of take down not only Decepticons, but also work as like a covert group outside of the regular military. And they actually have a little box here uh, out with them in the desert, and they're trying to figure out, you know, Bumble's like, hey, what's in the box here? Right. And what he does is he gives them gives Bumblebee this plate that he can use that allow them to know where they are, where they are, and let them know that hey, these are the good guys, uh, so they can keep track of them and everything else, and kind of guide them where they need to go. Uh, they mention that there is a Decepticon out there, Skywarp, who's been causing some trouble, killing some humans, right. stealing some stuff. So Bumblebee is like, well, I don't know about this, but you know, Skywarp is a Decepticon, and everything else. So they're right. going to actually work. With these guys. Right. And, and he tells them, this is your chance to prove yourself, Bumblebee. Right. So he gives them the plates uh, that they can put on themselves so that they can be tracked and help out with things. And so they come back and Bumblebee comes back and says, you know, I got to explain the details to all you guys about yeah, what's going he on. He comes back, he transforms, and he tells them that we're back in business because we're yep. going to be fighting the Decepticons again. And the plates, if you look at them, it says, like, was it SVI or SV1? SV1, something yeah. like that, yeah. And then uh, days later... Uh, in the comic, we see that there's Hound and Cliff, Cliff Jumper, Jumper yeah. and they are actually tracking down, it looks like Frenzy, and Frenzy has actually, uh, I believe that's Frenzy, um, he's actually... He's looking for Soundwave. Yeah, he's looking for Soundwave, and he's slaughtered a lot of cows, it looks like, on this farm, and just because he kind of, I guess, feels like Broke he needs to. Fence, yeah. yeah. He's got his... Uh 
His little uh, rotator's dirty there, blood-stained. Yep. We actually see... Then we go back to the base. We see that, you know, Bumblebee's there showing, here's all the people that we need to capture... And, and bring them uh, in. And bring them the, in. The and they're all just, commander. Yeah. yeah, and they're all Decepticons. And all of a sudden, the commander, general, colonel, whatever the hell he is, he uh, had, he jumps in and says, actually, we have someone we need you to take down right now. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we're we're actually planning out how the next guys that we're taking down. And they're like, no, we need you to take down this one other person. And who that ends up being is Blur. Blur. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Blur, we, we, we can't take down Blur. He's an Autobot. His name's Blur. He's one of us. He's part of our group. He's a good guy. He's like, excellent, then you should have no problem catching him then. Right. So then they're like, uh, Cliffjumper steps in and he says, I don't, there's no way in hell we're doing that. Yeah, we're not putting one of our guys in a smelting furnace. We're not melting him down. Yeah, so then... Uh, like, you got a screw loose, buddy. Yeah, so then the uh, the colonel says to a guy, he says... Uh, what's, what's the name of that guy? What's the name of that guy? He goes, Cliffjumper. He goes, okay, Cliffjumper, let's see. Uh, let's see, that would be number C2. And he presses the button, all of a sudden Cliffjumper gets turned into his uh, car it, mode. He's he gets, transformed, yeah. And, he gets, and it looks like in a very violent way. Yeah, it looks like it might hurt. He's like, Colonel, what have you done to this guy? Like, he's fine, Bumblebee. Uh, but he'll stay into his auto mode until it cools off a little bit here. Right. So we find out that these plates that they've actually put on the, the they gave the Autobots to put on them allows them to also control them. Yeah, it's some kind of inhibitor where it transforms them back into out of robot mode back into car mode, right. so the humans can control them. So Bumblebee kind of screwed up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but now they are kind of being forced to go after Blur. After Blur, yeah. one and, of their own. And, and that's that's, the, so that's the end of issue number one. So. Uh, like I said, very cool. I actually like the artwork. It's a little bit different, but it, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's, good it's, artwork. It's good. It keeps up with the same pace for all yeah. Hell Megatron and the Transformer ongoing series. She does it's a good it's not job. bad. She does a good, good job with it. So yeah. I like it. It's not bad. So uh, so those are the issues that we're covering for uh, Transformers. Again, we'll keep up with them as much as possible. But with that being said, let's now go into our... You want to do our toy review next? Sure. Uh, all right. We'll go into our Kung Fu Grip segment. Kung Fu Grip. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Basically, what I wanted to do is I have a couple of transformers. Uh, I'm only going to do one, and then you're going to do one of yours. Right. And the one I'm going to do is the most recent one that I, I picked up here, and it's from the uh, Transformers the movie line. Right. Uh, you can still find this in the stores. It's still able to be bought right now, and that's why I want to do this one. It's actually Gears. Okay. Which is actually a silver type looking truck, like an Escalator, an Envoy, or something. Right. Uh, so what made me want to get this one? was actually I own a silver GMC Envoy. Right. And Gears was actually the first Transformer that I ever had. So a multi-connection there yeah, for Yeah, a you. little connection for me. And if you knew Gears, he was actually a, a blue pickup truck, and he had like these red things on the back that looked... I always thought they were Gears or something, but the little, little red things in the back that ended up flipping down and being his legs. Right. But he was actually uh, he was actually blue, but now they made him silver, which is a nice little update for him. Makes him look like more like a real car. Exactly, and he does have a, a, a Transformer logo on his hood with a little in, inside of a gear, and there's little spinning gears on the door, kind of like flames, I guess, going down the side. And he actually looks really nice in Autobot mode, would you say? His car mode, his car yeah. mode yeah. yeah. Uh, wheels roll really nice. They're not rubber. They're kind of a plastic, but they're not hard plastic. Yeah. I remember the old ones were all rubber. Yeah. Like, unless you and got the some small metal, ones. Yeah. And even the small ones, a lot of them had rubber. Some of them, yeah. So. But he looks really nice in his, in his car mode. It looks really cool. We'll give him a quick transform here. Um, basically, the front part bends down here. And it's kind of hard to imagine. So I'll just kind of whip him up here. But and again, we'll have pictures online, like we always do. So. Check into, right. And he does have a little extra thing that pops out of his foot to help him stand up here a little bit. But 
the the only really downside I guess on this figure here is his arms. I'm really not a fan of his arms because they're really extra long. Oh, okay. like like kind of like a monkey would have. Yeah, like gorilla. Yeah, because I mean they they hang down way too far. Maybe he's supposed to be in Beast Wars. Maybe. It's <laughs> an explanation I've never heard, but yeah, we can go with that. He's a gorilla and a car, so maybe he's not the most intelligent. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little update on the figure. I mean, you know, it's it's not your classic gears, but it, it, again, it is from you know the movie line, and he does have these extensions that you can on the top of the or the luggage rack on the car, and the extension piece you could actually flip it, and it actually extends the hand out. Okay. And his little, oh, that's kind of neat. His little digits do open up to hold a gun or anything, but the bad part about that is he didn't come with one. He didn't come with a gun. There's no accessories. Here's so my hands. Gun. They open up so I can and close so I can hold a gun, but I don't have a gun. And if you'll notice, they hang down really low. Yeah, his hands do so. hang down low. But I like the idea of his hands being able to jut out through. Yeah, the, and it's it's the, it's a nice take too because it's a nice idea with it being the luggage rack on top of the you know the roof of the car, right? Where it could just jet right out. And it's like his hands open and close, but downside, there's no accessories. The arms are way too long on it. And it does give a little bit of a throwback to the original Gears, where it does give the blue yeah. and a little bit of the red. Yeah, in his, in like his maroon. Yeah, in his robot form, he's got like red legs and feet and red shoulders and blue like thighs and face and body. So that's kind of cool. And I, the other thing I like with this is like if you were a kid and you're playing with this against other Transformers or like having him up, go up against a Decepticon, if you flip that little luggage rack thing that makes his arm pop out, it's like you could do a, like a power punch. Like a rock'em, sock'em robot. A little rock'em, sock'em yeah. robot thing. And I yeah. love rock'em, sock'em robots. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of like that little feature. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it's a neat little, it's a neat little gimmick. I, I do like him better in car mode than I do in robot mode, which is sad to say because they're supposed to be better in robot mode, I guess. But he does have a nice little head sculpt here. I yeah, mean, I like the head sculpt. It does look like it might have some uh, light piping back here. If you were to shine a light, the visor would light up a oh, little okay. bit here. But, uh, yeah, it's just a simple flip of the back, and it opens up the head To so open up his head okay. piece, okay. And, I mean, the wheels really don't get in the way. It's not very cumbersome. They kind of get hit back behind him. Everything kind of folds down and collapses amongst itself. I mean, yeah. I guess you could try to make it look like that, but it, I mean, if you fold up the no, I like, side panels. I like the side panels being flipped up. So that, and he does have nice knee articulation. He bends really easy. Yeah, he's actually a lot more playable than the old Gears probably was. Yeah, 360 uh, at the shoulder. Yeah. Because uh, the old... Elbows move. One of my... Well, one of <laughs> I guess this is kind of like... Makes full, a lot of, full waist 360. He does a full yeah. waist 360. This kind of makes a lot of sense, but the old Gears, one of the things I didn't like about the old Gears was his, his hands and his arms. Because they were like the little metal, dinky little arms. Yeah. And now he's got really big, long arms. So I guess in both figures, I don't really like, like the, the arms. arms yeah. <laughs> the, the old Gears, well, the way I liked it, I describe it as uh, Transformers 101. It's an yeah. easy transformation. He's the simplest form of transformation. His yeah. arms come out, his legs, they, the back of the truck flips down, and his two legs... Yep. That's it. Because yep. his head was actually underneath the truck. Yeah, you didn't have to flip his head up or it's anything. Four four move transformation. He was done. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's Gears. Nice little toy. You could pick him up. He's still available in the movie line. What was it? Oh, 10, 11, 12 bucks, something like that? Yeah, something like him, that. Depending on where you go. So he's still out there. If you want to pick him up, you know, he's still available. All right, well, the figure that I'm going to cover here is the, you guys may have heard me mention it before, is the Revel Tech Optimus Prime. Uh, this is a an action figure basically it's not even a transformer because right. he, he doesn't transform i did 
Which some would say kind of defeats the purpose of a Transformer. Yeah, but he looks badass. He, he does. He looks just like the robot version from the cartoon. In my eyes, he does at least. That's yeah, exactly. That's what they were, were made to look like. They were right. made to look exactly like how they looked on the cartoon. Because if you remember Optimus Prime as a robot Transformer, really didn't. I mean, he came close. One of the closer ones, I guess. But some of the other ones, I guess, if you remember Ratchet or uh, Ironhide, they really didn't look like right. how they looked on the cartoon. But now with these little guys here, they actually do look like they did in the cartoon, yeah. which is nice. And I thought he was going to be a... It was my own fault, but I thought he was going to be a six-inch figure, which it would have been awesome. Right. Uh, he's not really that tall. Four inches. About four inches. He's a little bit taller than a G.I. Joe. Joe or Star Wars figure. But he's not as tall as a DC classic. No, nowhere near as tall as that. So he might be four, four and a quarter. Stand him up beside a... Somewhere around there. So, yeah, maybe around yeah. four. Um, and Gears is just a little bit smidgen taller than him. Yeah. So he has about 16, I just counted roughly about 16 points of articulation, which is awesome. Yeah, he's very, very articulated. And he has the, the locking knee joints that they click. Yep, exactly. Knee joints, clicking so, elbows. So you can actually, like, you hear it. Yeah. You can hear it there. Um, Either that or we're crunching chips in the mics. So right. Whatever. <laughs> so you can actually uh, lock his legs, and, and it makes him extremely poseable. One of my only complaints, though, is some of the poses you might want to put him in make him difficult to stand up, and he doesn't come with a stand. Yeah, you really have to balance him out with the weight, so you got to be careful with the the poses. Yeah. But unlike Gears here, Optimus Prime did come with a lot of accessories, yeah, and that, which is really nice. It's nice, but it's also not nice, because there's a couple things I didn't really care for. There's a couple things I love. You hate extra accessories. No, I know. Yeah, extra I know accessories. And that guy. He has interchangeable hands. He does come with interchangeable hands, which is the thing I didn't like. I, I would, do. I, see, I would have preferred the hands like Gears has, where it's just a hand on there you can open that you can open it. and close. Well, I like this because it does give you the option of displaying him with fists, closed up, or with an open hand where he can hold his blaster that he comes with, another accessory, or he does have, you know, he's like, like shooting the guns, like, With hey. his fingers, yeah. Or it could be like a comical, hey, I'm Optimus Prime, shooting the guns, looking right. the junk, or whatever, you know. But the thing I didn't like about it is the simple fact that once you put the hands in there, then you gotta do something with the other three hands that you got. <laughs> you gotta put them someplace. Get a baggie. And you, yeah, but then you have to store it someplace. I know, I like I said, it would have just been so much easier if they made his hands be able to open and close. I like the a, fact that he comes simple. with multi hands for different. If you want to change them out, maybe he's like standing up with his two fists yeah. together. Like he's have fun punch trying to get those hands off of him. Yeah, too, they, they the are. Well, and I think there's a button that you have to push, no, right? No, no, that doesn't work. Oh, that just a, that just yeah, off. that just takes the arm off. I, think I just broke your guy. Yeah, probably bastard. <laughs> um, yeah, see, not right, easy. They pop out, it, yeah. Not the easiest thing. And and you know why they came out a, maybe a little bit easier well, don't, for don't you? Don't put the right hand on the left hand because yeah. I broke it. <laughs> well, no. No, why it came Stronger. out a little bit easier is because I had already taken that out the previous hand, so it kind of loosened it up a little bit there for there you. There went his head. And then his, now he just knocked his head off. That'll go right back on. Give me some yeah. blue. So... <laughs> All right, there we go. Chuck, this guy was 50 bucks, so... <laughs> that's, a, that's one of the things I didn't like about this one. Yeah. Was mine was maybe $11, $12. This one was a little bit more pricey. I was able to get them. I believe it was $50 total with shipping. Yeah, on so, Amazon. Uh, yeah, so... Well, actually, I think this is the one I got on eBay. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Amazon, they are available on Amazon. They are available on Amazon. Optimus is 50 bucks by himself, plus you have to pay for shipping. I found someone selling him for, I think, like it was... $40, and that was $10 for shipping. And, and there's only a limited supply. Oh, one other accessory we forgot to mention. He yeah. does come with... He comes with the Autobot Matrix of exactly. Leadership, which is awesome. 
Another little complaint I would have had, though, or one of the things I would have liked to see, I would have loved it if his chest opened chest up. Chest opened and put it in So you could put it, it in yeah. there. Uh, but, but it does not. But he does come with it, so... He does come with a hand that he can hold it or balance it in his hand. Right. And he does come with his gun that looks just like the, the gun... The original blaster. The gun he had in the uh, cartoon series, so... Um, so that's pretty awesome. He comes with a hand that can hold that gun. And they're really cool-looking figures, but the downside about the whole, I guess, line of the figures is they're limited. Yeah, there's you only... You have Megatron, Starscream, Prime, Hot, Hot Rod, and Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. And Ultra Magnus doesn't look like Ultra Magnus as you would know him. He, no. look, he looks like a white version. He's, he's a white Optimus Prime. Yeah, he's a white version of Optimus Prime. So, um, so you can pick up Prime for 50 or Ultra Magnus, White Prime for... For like 12. 10, yeah, 10, 12 dollars. And if you got red paint lying around, I mean, you can just paint them. And I'm actually, <laughs> and I'm actually kind of glad I got the Optimus first because the other ones are a lot cheaper. Uh, Megatron is like 15, 16 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Starscream's like 12. Yeah. Hot Rod's Everyone like 12. else is between the 10 to 15 dollar range, except for Prime with him being the leader of the Autobots and the most popular. Right. Probably figured. And if I had got if I had gotten the other ones first, I may not have gotten Prime because he was so expensive. Right. But since I got him first, I probably will get the rest of them except for Ultra Magnus. I don't really have any desire to get Ultra Magnus because he's a repaint. Because he's a repaint, and if he looked like Ultra Magnus, I would be interested in getting. Well, then him. you'll have an, an odd number of figures too, and you'll have three Autobots, two Decepticons. That's fine. I'm okay Where if with you that. Don't, if you if you don't get Ultra Magnus, then you have two and two. Yeah, but I'm okay with the Autobots outnumbering the Decepticons. Well, I mean, I was just thinking for display purposes, it would balance I'm it out. Stu- I'm still okay with it. Because <laughs> I'll put Optimus front and center, I'll put the other two on each side of them. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a Servicing very, him? Yeah, very, very cool figure. Uh, I actually wish, because of him being like an action figure size, of like a G.I. Joe size and everything else, I wish they had done an entire line of these guys. Because yeah. it would have just been awesome to have like oh, an the packaging was actually it actually came from overseas. Yeah, the packaging came from overseas. We will have pictures up of the packaging, but it there's almost no English whatsoever. No, it's, and they don't refer to him as Optimus Prime on the packaging. At nowhere on there does it say he's Optimus Prime. It's like uh, Robot Convoy. Yeah, uh, is how he's referred to. So, uh, but very cool figure. I am happy I have him because uh, it, it does a, look really sweet. I mean, awesomely when you guys see these pictures. He, it's awesome. Yeah, he's he a very exactly the way he does. Yeah. in the cartoon, he's a very unique figure for me to have in my collection. I I don't have anything like him, so very very cool figure. I, again, I, the only thing I wish they did now that I see how awesome he is is I wish they did an entire series of a bunch of different characters. Or you could just go into like a Toys R Us and are carded and yeah, him. you could just buy multiple ones. Exactly. So. So that's our toy review. We'll give a more formal review online at the website as well as on Facebook, so yeah. you can check that out. Exactly. Now, one other thing to do with our special Transformers episode, and we did put together a top ten list of our, our favorite Transformers. Right, and we were gonna we were gonna do a top five list, but it seemed too limited. But we didn't also didn't want to do a top fifty list that like we too did long, yeah. for Star Wars and GI Joe. So let's go into our uh, Battle Files segment. Battle Files. Okay, so uh, we did make a top ten list of our favorite Transformers. We're not going into great detail like we did with the G.I. Yeah, Joe we're just Star gonna, Wars. we're going to name them. And just kind of maybe say why we liked them or Because if you're listening to the Transformers special episode, odds are you know who these guys are. Right, exactly. And, and they're not more obscure names like Star Wars was, where you need a little bit of a background check right. on them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, number ten for me would be Gears, obviously, with being my first Transformer. That's what introduced me to the line, and I just loved the little guy. He's, he's a great little Transformer. Yeah, and I assume you, he made the list because he was your first one. Exactly. So. All right, uh, number ten for me was Skywarp. 
Okay. Uh, now, the reason behind this, I got two Transformers uh, as my first Transformers, and Skywarp was one of the first ones. He was definitely my first Decepticon that I got, and I love the idea of him being able to teleport also. I thought that was an awesome nice feature that they yeah. gave to him, but a, a very cool character. Plus, I, I was a big fan of like the black and purple look it was that sh- he was done. Sharp-looking figure. Sharp-looking yeah. figure. So, Skywarp was my number 10. All right, number 9 for me would be Shockwave. Okay. Uh, if you notice, uh, Shockwave was actually left back on Cybertron yep. by Megatron to kind of hold down the fort there. And Shockwave almost made my list. So I, I, I nice was, purple Decepticon yeah. with the purple logo. It's, just, it's big, a nice looking figure. Bigger, big, bigger big, figure. Big yeah. laser gun. Exactly. So pretty awesome. So uh, number nine for me was Ironhide. Okay. I love Ironhide, and he would have been higher on my list if the toy didn't suck. I didn't put him on the list because the toy sucked. Yeah, the toy was awful, but. Second in command, yeah. really cool character. I was pissed when, they, <laughs> when, when he got shot. When he got shot in the movie, the cartoon movie. You, you want a little spoiler? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I looked ahead in the other books; they're bringing him back. Oh, sweet! So, <laughs> well, the, the comic was a different story, but uh, in the cartoon movie, if you remember, he's one of the first yeah, ones that gets killed. Yeah, and that—that's not Ironhide. He could have taken a bullet. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Ironhide was my number nine. Uh, number eight for me was Bumblebee. Okay. I know uh, I like Bumblebee. Some people don't because he's a little the little guy and everything. He's, a, he's all right for What me. actually pushed Bumblebee yeah. up for me was I, I like the fact, because I liked a lot of the little Transformers, I guess because I've mostly had the little ones as a kid. Right. Never had Bumblebee, though. I had Cliffjumper, but it's kind of the same thing. Bumblebee was a tough one to get because, especially if you wanted the yellow Bumblebee. Yeah. Because they had Bumblebee out there, but he was a red yeah, one. And I didn't want that one. So he looked just like Cliffjumper. Right. So, so I had the, like, they, they transformed exactly the same way. Exactly. But Bumblebee kind of pushed up a little bit more on my list now because the reading the Transformer count book with him being the leader and everything right i kind of uh vaulted him up a couple of pegs here but i actually i actually liked him because he was one of the main characters in the cartoon cartoon and everything and yeah. he did associate a lot with the humans so i like Bumblebee. right and i think that's the character a lot of people related to because he was the one that interacted with the humans right. so uh number eight for me was prowl okay uh i love that he's a cop car he's you know Law enforcement, I kind of like that. Yeah. So I'm not into cops or anything like that. I, mean, <laughs> I like the show unless, cops. Unless they're like a chick cop. That's pretty cool. That's hot. Yeah, that's hot. I got pulled but, over by a chick cop one time. Nice. Was she hot? Yes, she was. Nice. So, yes. All right. Uh, but yeah, Prowl, number eight for me. Uh, uh, just a cool figure. Yeah. Cool very, character. Very cool. And when he transformed, he had his guns up on top of his head yep. with a cannon. Awesome looking. Yeah. That's why I made Prowl number seven for me. Oh, okay. okay. Same reasons. He's just a space hire for me. I, I love Prowl. Okay. Love him. Yeah. Uh, number seven for me was Hound. Hound was the other Transformer I got as my first one. So I got Hound and Skywarp at the same time. Birthday, Christmas or something? I think it was Christmas, yeah. Okay, nice. And uh, the thing that amazed my dad, and I think you may have had the same experience, my dad saw me take him out of the box and know how to transform them without even looking at the instructions on how to yeah, transform they, them. Before they used to come with instruction sheets to show you how to change them back and forth. Right. If you're a kid, you just start fiddling around with it and you kind of figure it and out. And my dad would be like, how do you know how to do that? I'm like, He's like, did you have some of these already? I was like, no, I didn't have any. He's like, how do you know how to do that? Hound was awesome, though, because he was the, the military jeep. Right. Uh, and he could do the holograms. The holograms, yeah. And, and I love that. That was awesome. Yeah. So that was really cool. And that's why I made Hound number six on my list. <laughs> nice. We didn't look at each other's lists, folks. This is awesome. We have no idea who's on whose list. So, so yeah, you made Hound seven. I made Hound number six. Is a bump up ahead. Okay. Because I, I did like the the military style, the Jeep that he was. Yep. I did like the fact that he could do the holograms too. Right. And they do have one of the um, 
what are they called? Uh, the Revel, not the Revel Techs, but the Alternators. Alternators, yeah. The Hound one. That's one I really want to get. Actually, those are designed to look like real cars, and they're basically made out of metal, and they're yeah, a little bit like, more of a higher grade transformer. Yeah, you get like uh, Optimus Prime's a Ford F one fifty, I think. Yeah, and, and then like, like maybe Jazz is like a new Ford Mustang or something. Right. Like that. They look like real cars. Hound is a Jeep Wrangler, I think. Right. So, and they actually are made to look like the diecast 124 scale cars that most people collect if you're into diecast, right. but they transform. Yeah. But you wouldn't know to look at that. You would transform. never know to look at them. Those things so are awesome. They're very cool. Um, number six for me was Devastator, or this, the Constructicons in general. And Devastator, just mostly Devastator, because he, he was the first gigantic robot that you could build out of multiple Transformers. Right. Just a total badass. Could just he, he was the one that, when he showed up, the Autobots went, oh, Fuck. Works through, yeah. <laughs> so. and, and that's why he made number five on my list. Devastator, yeah. And Devastator was comprised of Hook, Scrapper, Mixed Master, Long Haul, Scavenger, and Bone Crusher. Yeah. And you could get them separately and put them together, or you could buy the whole big giant set. And they came out with the set later. Later on, yeah. yeah. The, the, the big set of all five of them that hooked together to make Devastator. And, and I always wanted it and yeah. never got it. It was awesome looking. I did have Devastator, and I got him... Separate in the separate little pieces. Okay, I, well, let's see. You had Devastator, you had the flag, and you had uh, the Sky, Sky Striker. Yeah, yes. all the things had. you always wanted. I should have like libicide you as a kid. And I, I know had everything right, but uh, yeah, Devastator. I actually did collect him individually, so that was kind of a pain in the ass because I think I was like, I still need one more, and he was tough to find. I finally right. found him. But yeah, I had the entire set. All right, now, so. now we had Prowl, Hound, and Devastator in the same... Right. I just had my slot ahead than you. I can guarantee you. you don't have my number five. All right, go ahead. My Come number... Because you, you... Devastator was your number five. Number right? five, yeah. Okay. So no, my number five was Grimlock. No, I do not. No, you do not. <laughs> um, so Grimlock, I... Chuck and I talked about this. Unlike myself, Chuck was not into dinosaurs as a kid. However, I was the typical kid boy that was into dinosaurs and everything growing up as a little kid and so Grimlock Tyrannosaurus Rex was just awesome now he is an idiot in the cartoon I will say that he's a, he's a complete moron like the rest of the Dinobots but in the comics and everything else he's a little bit more of a leader and he's a little bit more of a just an aggressive guy he's yeah. not as much of an idiot I think they did that in the cartoons because they figured out scientifically that dinosaurs brains are really small right but, I mean, if an Autobot's building him, why wouldn't he build him with a better brain? Right. And Grimlock was smarter than the other Dinobots. And he was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. E- even in the cartoon, yeah. he was a little bit smarter than the other Dinobots. But, yeah, I really just love him because he's a total badass. Yeah. He's the guy that will lead you in, lead the charge into battle. So. And I, I like the way he looked better in dinosaur mode as opposed to the figure oh, yeah. mode from the figure. He just looked better that way. But, uh, no, he did not make although in the Although in the comics, I actually liked him in the robot form better. With the sword, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, number four for me is Optimus Prime. Okay. Uh, I do like Optimus Prime. He's probably my favorite Autobot of all time. Okay. He's the leader. He's the the great voice of Optimus Prime. Is You associate that with Optimus Prime looking at him. Right. Um, just awesome. I mean, what are you going to say about Optimus Prime? He's just a... Uh, the supreme leader. Yeah, and you and you tend to like the bad guys anyway, so I can figure that the good guys would fall a little bit lower. Yeah. But, and again, we didn't look at each other's lists, but in the opposite form of that, number four for me is Megatron, because I tend to like the good guys more than the bad guys. Yeah. And so Megatron's number four for me, just, again, awesome character, big gun. Right. Uh, and I think they actually changed him years later because he looked too much like a real gun like as a, a toy. Gun, yeah. So uh, just you know, he's he's a badass. He he you know, 
one of the best things, even though I know he was Galvatron at this point, but one of the best things he did for me was he killed Starscream. So I know he was Galvatron at that point, but to me he was still Megatron. And in so. the movie when he comes back and he just blasts him yeah. and out his throne. So, and the, my problem with Megatron, the reason I did move him down, was because to me he should have killed Starscream so much earlier. Because if you had a whiny little guy like that on your thing that you knew was trying to take over, and you're the bad guy, Chuck, you've mentioned this before, if you're the bad guy, you just kill the guy. Yeah. But I guess part of the Decepticon code, if you follow the comic books a little bit more, was that's how it happens. Yeah, exactly. That's how you take over. You dethrone the current leader, and now you're the guy. Right. And that's how Megatron got to be in the power. Right, so, so I guess maybe he respected he, he that. He knew it was coming, yeah. So, yeah. Number three for me is Soundwave. Okay. Which I love Soundwave. He's awesome. He's the cassette player. The most, I would say the most unique voice of oh, the, yeah. the cartoons. Because he had that robotic voice. I, I love Soundwave. And, and it, it, seemed like, like, it seemed like they got his voice... For the movie, the Transformers, the movie, the, the, same. the live action one, yeah, and they the made same, him a yeah. satellite in that one, which was a pretty cool update. Yeah, said the tape deck, yeah, and I love the fact that it came with all the little cassettes and everything. Uh, you know, Laserbeak, Rumble, Ravage, Frenzy, Rapat, Buzzsaw. Yep. So Soundwave for me was always awesome, and now the updated animated series they actually made him a like a truck. Okay. And he is like a, he, I guess Soundwave, the sounds come out of him like a blaster. Like he's got, like the, the guy next door who has the radio too loud on his okay. truck, he bounces the bass and stuff. Right. And that's kind of what he does in the animated series a little bit. Eh. Eh. I still like him as a cassette. I do too. Um, and actually he was the uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Transformer last year. Oh, right, yeah. In the big box set that I didn't pull the trigger on after. Ma- yeah, San made, him look, made him in that classic style. Yeah, it was like 70 was or $75 after the Comic-Con and I didn't pull the trigger on it now. I wish I did. Because I looked at him recently, he's like 150 bucks. I was going to say, he's probably like 150 Yeah, so, I yeah. kind of missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Um, number three for me is Jazz. Oh, okay. Uh, and my number two and number three went back and forth, back and forth, but I decided to go with Jazz. I love Jazz. He's he's the brother. He's 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 the man. He, you know, he, yeah, he's the, the cool guy. The thing that really pissed me off was when they killed him in the first Transformers movie. Oh, yeah. That almost ruined the movie for me for the simple fact that... Did you he, like him so much? Yeah. I liked him so much, but also, like, he was the one Transformer in that movie that actually had a personality. Like, that actually showed something. Like, you had Ironhide, who was just this big, gruff guy that was ready to yeah. kill everything. You had Optimus, typical Optimus. But, like, all the rest of them kind of didn't really have a personality except for Jazz. And then you kill him. Well, Bumblebee... He did. He didn't. Bit. No, he didn't have a personality. He used ra- radio. He talked through radio. That's yeah. not a personality. That's oh, radio. Really? You person- said R two D two had a personality. That's beat. Ta- that's talking through radio. He talked through C three PO. Let's just not get back into. This. <laughs> Let's not get back into. That. But anyways, <laughs> Jazz just a real cool guy. They yeah. did use him a lot in the cartoon. Yeah. Um. It was really cool though. The the race car with the yeah. number four on it. So it was yeah. really. Cool. And I loved. And when I was a kid, I loved racing too. I wasn't into NASCAR, but I liked race cars. They sure. were really cool. So. What are we on number two? Number two. Number two for me is Starscream. Okay. I uh, again love the Jets. You sure. Thundercracker. That's uh, why Skywarp made Sky my list. Skywarp so. and Starscream were all the F fourteen, F fifteen jets. Later on, you had Ramjet, and <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the other jet was. But I forget right now. Dirge or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was like number two, always trying to take over, be Megatron's. You know, he's right hand man, but he's also trying to secretly overthrow Megatron. Well, not so much secretly. Megatron knew about it. Uh, but he always told Megatron, and he was always like bad mouthing him, like, uh, "Why don't you just end this now and kill this Autobot?" You're, you know, if I was in charge, but Megatron's always, "You're not in charge, Starscream." Right, I am. And I, I like the. Uh, there was an episode. I, I like his aggressiveness. Yeah. He wants to be in control. Yeah, I wants to move up the corporate ladder. <laughs> I liked the episode where after Starscream was killed, he comes back as like a ghost his and ghost. starts pos- possessing people yeah. or other Transformers and everything else. I really hated Starscream, <laughs> only for the simple fact that... The voice? 
not so much... Well, I guess the voice played into this, but to me, again, he was just a whiny little bitch. Like, I, I see it. He, he's like, I want to be the leader. I want to be the leader. I want to... Well, do something about it. He almost never did anything about it other than to say, I should be the one in charge. Like, he, a couple times he did do something, like he made the... Do, ba- do you think he's the brainy smurf? Yes. Wants he, to be Papa, but he's not? Yeah, exactly. So I don't see it he, that yet. He was, uh... He did make the Kabatacons, which was which were really cool. But outside of that, he never really did much. Like, if he was scheming, like, if he was, like, a Loki in Thor, like, okay. scheming and stuff yeah. like that, that'd be cool. But it seemed like all the time, all he was doing was saying, well, if I was a leader, I would do this. Well, if I was a leader, I would do this. And I should be the leader. And it's like... Yeah, oh. a lot more in the, in the cartoons, that you'll figure out that's what he does. But a lot more in the comics. Yeah. He does plot and over. Plot stuff, right. And he, you know, gets on Megatron I think and this shoots him. And even in the movie... Uh, the, the, the Transformers animated movie when yeah. you're taking Megatron back and he's all busted up from Battling Prime in Astro Train, which right. almost made my list. I love that Astro, Astro Train. Astro Train, yeah. Um, he throws him out the window. Yeah. He throws him out the door oh, because yeah. he's like, we got to lose some weight. He's like, toss toss Megatron. But to me, again, that was the wimpy way of getting rid, rid of Megatron. It's like, okay, Megatron's almost dead. Let me go ahead and take my advantage and throw him out now. Not, let me do battle with you, Megatron, and see if I can earn it. Well, here's the deal. If he were to ever do battle with Megatron, he would lose. Right, exactly. So you have to get rid of him. You have to get rid of him somehow. So, yeah. So you need so, time to take him so out. So, again, to me, that's the whiny bitch way of getting ah. leadership. So, anyways. Number two. Number two for me was Soundwave. Okay. And his cassettes. I, I, I respect that decision, number two Soundwave. And, and he almost was number two for me. Yeah, I, I and again, Soundwave and Jazz kind of went back and forth, back and forth. What tipped it for me was Soundwave. I kind of cheated a little bit and said Soundwave and the cassettes. Because I love Ravage. Well, I yeah, love... They're, they're one in the same. Yeah. Because they, they're stored there. They come there. They're always together. Yeah. He always dispatches, like, Ravage for re- reconnaissance. Yeah. Laserbeak for reconnaissance. Yeah. Ravage I, was probably my favorite cassette, but I also loved Laserbeak, Rumble, uh, Frenzy, again, for a while there, I thought was just a... Until I read the comic book, I didn't Yeah, know. exactly. So, um, but loved Soundway, loved his voice, loved how yeah. he was basically the second in command, even though Starscream was officially, I guess, the second in command. Um, Soundwave kind of took charge in a way when he had to, but pretty much just to fulfill Megatron's wishes. Exactly. Like, he knew... He what followed Megatron, Megatron to the end. Exactly. Yeah. So, kind of like when we were reviewing the comics, Omega Supreme follows Prime to the end, Soundwave followed Megatron to the end, so I really, really loved uh, Soundwave. Yeah, and number one for me, obviously, is Megatron. Okay. No surprise He's just there. the number one supreme badass villain in the Transformer universe. He is. I mean, I yeah. mean, Megatron is awesome. He transforms into the gun, always wants to, you know... Kill Optimus Prime. He actually has Starscream. Actually uses him a lot in the gun mode. Yep. To to fire on the Autobots and and one cool thing too, going back to the talking about the toys, the Starscream Rebel Tech comes with one of the hands is Starscream holding oh. Megatron in his gun, gun form, form yeah. which is just awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's going to make me buy that figure. Oh yeah, and it's not expensive. Either. No, it's you know, twelve, ten to fifteen bucks. To yeah, you probably it. with shipping, you pay about twenty or whatever. <laughs> Those so. are the two I want to get though: the Megatron and Starscream. Yeah, uh, I think Megatron's probably gonna be my next one to get, just so I have them matching up with my Optimus, which leads into my number one, which is Optimus Prime. I know. I love Optimus Prime. He is the leader. A lot of times, leaders tend to make my number one. And that's that's pretty weird list. because you had Megatron four, four. I have Prime four, and you have Prime one, and I have Megatron. Oh yeah, and that's the part that cracked me up was I yeah. was like, we did not look at each other's no, list. not at all. But uh, yeah, and then I, we had Hound, Prowl, and Devastator in the pretty same much pretty much the same slots one yeah. off. So, uh, but yeah, Optimus just total badass. I 
I was actually a little choked up when he got killed in the movie. A lot of people were. It, it just destroyed me. I remember, I watched the, if you have the movie, the, the DVD, there's behind the scenes footage and stuff on that. And it actually goes into the writers and stuff talking about how kids were crying in the theater when Optimus oh, yeah. Prime died. And people were walking out and they thought this was the end of the line. Oh my God, what the hell have we done? Yeah. We've killed Optimus Prime. Yep. It's like the Masters of the Universe killing He-Man. And they kept... It's like G.I. Joe killing Duke. Yes. And they, they kept... killed the main yes. guy. Which was actually what made the movie awesome in a way, too. Yeah. Because you would never you expect never, that. You never saw that. And then they tried every way to bring him back. Right. They and brought him... Megatron killed him. Yeah. I That's know. what pumped it up for me. I know, but Megatron would normally lose all the time anyway. Megatron but. killed him. I know. All right. We're done. But uh, <laughs> Megatron freaking died, too, if he wasn't turned into Galvatron. He was he was adapted and changed yeah. into Galvatron, right? Um, which was a plasma cannon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which, yeah. I didn't really, upgrade. I thought um, it was Megatron. okay, but yeah. I didn't really. It I wasn't. Still, it wasn't Megatron. It wasn't Megatron anymore. But uh, yeah, with Optimus, they did. Uh, I almost put Galvatron on my list. I thought you might. <laughs> I almost did. Um, I'm like, it's it's pretty much the same character. But they, uh, yeah, Optimus. They uh, they tried bringing him back at one point. There was one story where they, he was basically a shell of his former self, and yeah. he has to be destroyed. And eventually, they did bring him back, and they used the Touch song again exactly. when they actually brought him back. And it was a two part episode. I think it was called The Return of Optimus Prime. And I was cheering when that happened. Yeah. I mean, you and I, every little other blonde head little boy in America. That's why they have to be all blonde head boys. I don't know. So, you're maybe it was Luke or something. But maybe because you, know. you were blonde. Um, I did have <laughs> I did have some honorable mentions. I just wanted to mention real briefly uh, of people that are characters that almost made my list. Yeah, uh, Jetfire almost made my list. Okay, Omega Supreme almost made my list. If he wasn't such just like a robot, robot. Yeah. Um, and really complicated to put together. I was going to say, and he was—he didn't really transform so much as you take him apart and put him back together. And uh, Sideswipe almost made my list. Okay. Uh, big fan of him. Uh, Mirage, because he could turn invisible. I hated Mirage. See, I loved Mirage because he could turn invisible. He was a race car. I Again, I liked the race cars. And a surprise one that wouldn't have made my list as a kid, but made my list would have almost made my list now, was Perceptor. Because, oh, really? because in the comics, they turned him into the sniper, and I love the sniper characters. Yeah. I love the character that's going to pick you off from a distance. Right. Um, uh, they just made him a badass in the comics. Yeah. So. One, once for me, I thought about putting on, remember I said Astro Train? Yes. A triple changer. Yep. He went from the train to the astronaut space shuttle. Yeah, him and uh, Blitzkrieg was the other one. Exactly. So, so I, I love that. I love the fact of that. And actually, if you read the comic books about him and know the story about him, he actually uh, ends up taking off and leaving and going on his own planet and becoming a ruler of that planet. So yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, another honorable mention was Ironhide, which you had on your list, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Another one, uh, the Insecticons. Okay. But I couldn't break it down to one individual without just going as a group yeah. of Insecticons. I love the Insecticons. So, I liked Bombshell. Bombshell Kickback. Kickback was cool, and then Shrapnel was the Shrapnel, last yeah. one. Yeah, so very cool. But yeah, that's our list of top ten Transformers. If you guys got a list or other figures you like, yeah. other characters. You'll see a thread on the forums for this episode. Feel free to put your top characters on there. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't agree with us. Yeah. Maybe there's ones we didn't mention. So uh, Give us some feedback. That's, uh, that's really all we had this time for Transformers. Obviously, it's not going to be the last time we talk about Transformers, but we wanted to do an all-Transformers-centric episode, so... Uh, since we really hadn't touched on them very much. Right. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we're going to head and kind of close this show out. We'll end as we normally do with saying uh, the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Thanks.